Welcome to the Bariatric Podcast, the weight loss surgery podcast coming to you from Central Texas. I'm your host, Chip Reynolds, and today is December 24th, 2017. This is episode 14 of the Bariatric Podcast. Thank you for listening. In this episode, I'll be doing a year in review, including a rundown of some of my favorite races, describing a running group that I've created, and talking about recovering from negative experiences. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can reach us at our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash bariatric podcast, or you can email the show at bariatricpodcast at gmail.com. To start the show, here's my progress report. I'm 47 years old. My heaviest weight was 356 pounds. My surgery weight was 320 pounds. My current weight is 165 pounds. My goal weight is 170 pounds. I had a gastric bypass on December 7th, 2015, and I'm a little bit over two years out at this point. So let's get started. was such a great year for me. It started out with a race on January 1st, followed quickly by plastic surgery to remove all the excess skin from my abdomen. After recovery, I hit the ground, literally running. I completed 45 races in 2017, ranging from 5Ks all the way up to marathons. I also did so much more. I started dating again over the summer, had an unplanned weight loss, worked hard to regain back to my goal weight, and started a running group that has turned into a great community event of like-minded folks that enjoy running together. So let's get this year in review started. Like I said, I started the year off by running a half marathon on January 1st. It was my last race before I had the plastic surgery, and I remember that I just wanted to get one more race in before I would have some recovery time without running. The race was a lot of fun at a great venue, and it came with one of the biggest finisher medals I've ever seen. The medal for the full was even bigger, and I decided on the spot that I would run the full in 2018. I've been registered for that marathon for several months now, and recently talked two friends into running it with me. The plastic surgery was a topic of a previous episode, but I'll talk a little bit more about it here now that I'm nearly one year out. Before the surgery, I thought it would be nice to have the excess skin removed from my abdomen, but I didn't think it was necessary for my happiness. I was okay with the idea of never having it done, and I was kind of used to wearing the compression shorts and shirts to keep all the jiggly parts a little bit less jiggly. I was able to keep the skin irritation to a minimum by keeping all the skin clean and dry. It wasn't pretty to look at, but I wasn't so worried about how I looked after seeing such a great improvement in my health. Now, a year later, I look back at the pictures I took right before the surgery and I can't imagine still having that flesh hanging from my belly. I'm so happy that I had the surgery done and feel so fortunate to have had the opportunity to get the surgery. I've gained so much more confidence from having the skin removed and I can't believe how much better I feel about myself now. There are large scars, but they have started to fade nicely and I don't mind them at all. I plan to post before and after pictures to the Facebook page next month for my one year anniversary of that surgery, so keep an eye out if you're curious. One thing to note about those pictures, please ignore the attempt to grow a beard in my pre-surgery pictures. I don't know what I was thinking at the time. Right before the surgery, I was 176 pounds, and once I got past the post-surgery swelling, I was down to 170 pounds, which is my goal weight. The plastic surgeon wouldn't say how much skin that he had removed because he knew how obsessed bariatric patients can be with their numbers. But just through those weigh-ins, you can tell that it was six pounds of flesh that he removed from my abdomen. By the end of January, I was no longer wearing a compression belt for recovery, and I was allowed to start exercising again by the middle of February. In February, 
I also bought a new belt, size 32. Today that belt is on its last belt hole, and I've cut down the length of several other belts because even size 32 is too long. It feels good not to have a 56 inch waist anymore. I also went uh, below my goal weight for one, of 170 for the first time in February. I was back to running by the middle of February and had my first post-plastic surgery race on 25 February. One thing that shocked me was that I didn't really lose much time on my 5Ks within, with the six weeks that I had off from training. My last 5K before surgery was 26-24, and my first one back was 27 flat. I followed that race up with a half marathon the following week. At the end of February, we hit another great milestone. We officially had 2,000 downloads of the Bariatric Podcast. Woo! Thank you so much for listening and your, and your continued support. By March, I was running as much as I could. I started to place my age category in local races, and it felt really great to see how far I had come and see the results of my hard work. But more importantly, I got the opportunity to participate in the Texas Independence Relay. This is a 200-mile relay race from Gonzales to Houston, Texas. Teams of 12 runners load into vans and run multiple legs along the way. What made this race so special was the people that I shared the experience with. Since deciding to make this lifestyle change and have the surgery done, I've been very open about what I was doing and shared it with anyone that would listen. To this day, 15 minutes after I meet a new person, I feel like I'm talking nonstop about my journey and putting my before and after photos in their faces to show them how far I've come. Sharing my decision and experience has been very important to me from an accountability standpoint, but it's also something that I'm very proud of. There's a stigma to weight gain and weight loss surgery, and I will continue to talk about my experience because it's important. There are a lot of people that stay closeted about their decision to have the surgery, and I can completely understand that desire. There are so many people that have so many misconceptions about weight loss and surgery. Just go to the gym and skip the donuts or phrases that are simple to say, but they aren't always easy to live by for some folks. I can tell you firsthand that surgery is by no means the easy way out. I've worked my ass off, literally, to see the results, and I've seen the changes I've made in my entire life are permanent. I have a very regimented eating schedule now, but I have to balance against getting enough fluids throughout the day. At two years out, I still have no idea what it feels like to be hungry anymore. Those hormones are simply gone. So I have to remember to eat or I will go hours until my body starts to suffer from the lack of calories. When I string enough days together of not regulating my intake, I begin to lose weight again, and that's a problem. So I've shared my experiences with all of my friends and family. It's posted all over my Facebook wall, and I've seen nothing but positive feedback and support from people. If anyone has ever had anything negative to say about me or my journey, they've kept it to themselves. I cannot thank everyone enough for their encouragement, and my success has been fueled by that support. That's what made the Texas Independence Relay so special. I met some of my teammates just days before the race, and everyone was so amazing. Not just to me, but to each other. Now, to be honest with you, you can't spend 36 plus hours in a minivan with six people and no sleep without there being some emotional moments. But the experience was so great overall. What I've learned from that experience and similar ones is that if you surround yourself with people that support you, that positive energy will feed upon itself and grow. My friends have been completely accepting of my decision and provide encouragement without judgment as I've made this journey. They've been there to celebrate my success and to offer support when I've had some bumps along the way. I encourage you to do the same. It doesn't have to be a relay race or even a physical activity group. Just find a circle of people that you trust and allow them to support and encourage you. It makes a world of difference. It can be online or in person. I'm a member of various Facebook pages, weight loss related or not, and will gladly recommend them to anyone that asks. Just message me at the Facebook page and we can chat about what might be out there that would be of interest to you. 
Now in April, I ran my, my first trail races and fell in love with them. I did a 5K and a half marathon on a Saturday and Sunday of one weekend. I ran them in road shoes, which is a big rookie mistake, but it was a really fun challenge that reminded me of my cross country days in high school. In May, I took on a new challenge. I signed up for the Texas Triple, three half marathons in three days over the Memorial Day weekend. I told people that I was going to do the first half for time, the second half because I could, and the third just to finish. Well, I completely underestimated myself. I ran the first two days in 203.02 and 203.46. Those are my best two times for half marathons up to that point. And then I ran the third day in 155.12, completely destroying my personal best for the distance and running my best time on the last day. I also had the fastest combined time of all runners that competed on all three days. I was still learning about setting goals and the importance of challenging myself. I'm still learning those lessons today. It's hard not to underestimate myself sometimes, but I'm getting better about trusting my abilities and the work that I've done. I now try to set goals that frighten me a little because I'd rather fail trying to do more than achieve a goal that was set too low. Over the summer, I tried out a series of night trail races. I attempted two 60K night trails, but score did not finish his for both of them at the 30K distance. I learned from these races that I wasn't trained for that distance and that I needed to put in the work to see the results. I'm glad I tried those races and it was important that I learned these, these failures and turn them into positive experiences. In June, I started dating again. I tried it out a little a year earlier, but it didn't go anywhere. I met someone that lived a few hours away and the distance really prevented it from going anywhere. But this time I met someone local and we spent a couple of months together enjoying the summer. It was a lot of fun. I was finally in a place where I liked myself again, and I was ready to let someone else like me. I learned a lot about myself and gained a lot of confidence that I could be happy in a relationship after having gone several years thinking that I'd never find someone special in my life again. It didn't last, and when it ended, I didn't take it well. I've talked about it in a past episode about how a negative experience can be, have a powerful impact on your fitness and goals. I began running more and more without paying attention to my eating habits, and I lost more than 15 pounds in 10 days. This was another powerful learning experience for me. You can't always control how a situation turns out, but you can control how you react to it. And when you have trouble doing that, it's important to seek out help in dealing with it. Once I cleared my head a little, I talked, uh, talked about how I was feeling with some friends that I trusted and they helped me work things out and I was able to get back on track with my weight and fitness goals. It took nearly two months, but I got back to 167 pounds. In the late summer and early fall, I did some traveling. In September, I went to Seattle for some vacation time. Every time I fly, I get to experience a really cool non-scale victory. It used to be that when I flew, I would ask for a seatbelt extender as soon as I got on the plane. I was so big, and I just knew there was no way that a normal airplane seatbelt was going to be able to work for me. I actually thought about buying one on my own so I wouldn't have to ask anymore. It was embarrassing for me to have to ask. Now when I travel, though, I end up pulling a lot of slack material through the belt it's a really nice feeling that I get, get, uh, get from such a small detail. It's nice to enjoy a non-scale victory once in a while because so often, bariatric patients do focus on the numbers. Grams of protein, ounces of water, pounds lost, inches lost. It can be a relief to take a break from all that focus to enjoy something like how a seatbelt fits, particularly if you're, still, if you're in a stall or just not losing weight as fast as you were hoping. Anyways, in Seattle, I got to visit with a good friend that I hadn't seen in a long time, and I also got to attend a, con a convention that I've been wanting to attend for years. Being able to attend these things uh, and just doing travel in general was something that was so difficult for me two to three years ago, 
And it's liberating to not only be able to go on a vacation, but to be able to experience so much more because you're not always tired, sweating, or in pain. I also have become a bit of a travel runner. Whenever I plan a trip now, one of the first things I do is check to see if there are any races in the local area. In Seattle, I ran a half marathon, and up to that point, it was my best race of the year. When I got home, I next ran the Mission Teos 25K trail race. This, hands down, was my favorite race of the year. The course was an amazing com combination of single track trail and cross country running in a beautiful park under great conditions. There were times along the course that I felt like I was just flying. It's one of the few races where I actually like my race photos. After Mission Tejas, I ran a few 5Ks in preparation for my next big race, the Capital Coast Relay. It was similar to the Texas Independence Relay. This one started in Austin and ran to Corpus Christi. It's a 223 mile course with 36 legs. We filled a team of nine runners and decided to do the entire race with just one 15-passenger van. Some of the team were veterans from our TIR team, but we had a few new people on the team too. Right before we departed for the race, the team gathered at my house to load up our van. As we got ready to leave in the early morning, I handed each member a box with a set of lace tags that read, when your legs get tired, run with your heart. I asked each team, team member to take the second tag, the one that said run with your heart, and hand it to the person to their left. This way, it wasn't just themselves that was telling them to run fast or run with their hearts. It was another team member telling them that. The Coast to Coast was an amazing experience. In these events, you give and receive so much support with your teammates. You have to trust each person to do their best along the way and trust that the rest of the team will pick you up as you need it. Now, it's not all sunshine and smiles when you spend 36 plus sleepless hours in a van with the same stinky, sweaty group of nine people, but the experience does pull you together. I was number nine on the team, which meant I was always the last person to go on the current set of race legs. My first leg was nearly eight miles and included Alice's Hill, which is famous on this course as one of the hardest legs to run, because it included the hill. I felt great, and during the leg I passed five other runners, including one guy with less than a half mile left to go. He didn't want to be passed, and we battled it out over the last quarter mile downhill, but I pulled out the win. My second and third legs went very well too. Each time, or each of them, were about eight miles each, and I was running very strong. But disaster soon hit. These races are endurance challenges for sure. Not just the physical exertion of running the equivalent of a marathon or more broken into legs, but you also have to endure the lack of proper sleep and rest. Nutrition and hydration are, are challenges along the way, especially when you're only running with one van in support. In the case of two vans, you can split the team up so each van gets breaks of several hours while the other van covers multiple legs. And in the fact that I have a smaller capacity to eat or drink at any single time, it was important that I stay on top of my fuel intake. I woke up from a short nap with a splitting headache and severe nausea. I tried to take some water and Tylenol, but I vomited it up. I wasn't able to hold anything down for nearly an hour, and I continued to feel worse over time. To make matters worse, we had another runner that was hurting try to run their leg and nearly pass out on the course. We had to get a replacement runner on the road right away while we tended to our down runner. With a little more than an hour before my leg would take place, I let the team know that I wasn't going to be able to run. This absolutely killed me. I was the anchor leg of the team, which meant that I'd be the official runner for the team on the last leg of the race. The plan had always been to have the entire team go across the last bit of the last leg and hit the finish line together as a team, but I was the runner that was going to get us there. I also knew that the entire team was tired and hurting, and I felt like I needed to suck it up and just run, but I knew better. It's extremely important to listen to your body and what it's telling you and take the necessary actions to prevent yourself from actually causing harm to yourself. 
When I told the team I wasn't going to be able to run, they immediately sprung into action and started planning on how to overcome this. They actually argued over who was going to get the run for me, and they split my leg up over uh, several different people so that nobody would have to do the entire thing. There was never a negative word or look, only support for my decision to pull myself from the leg and questions of what they could do for me. I'm inspired by their co compassion and support. This was one of the most important things that happened to me all year. I ran my heart out on the three legs that I complete, completed, and I just wasn't careful enough about hydration and nutrition leading into that last leg, and when I needed help, I got so much more. I still get a little emotional thinking about this race, and I feel so much gratitude and pride for my team. I learned a lesson during this race that, that was just an extension of what I said earlier about seeking help or support when you need it. When you surround yourself with people that support, encourage, and love you, you'll never let them down by asking them to pick you up. By the time we got to the finish, I filled up to making the final jog with the team, and despite feeling awful, it felt great to cross the finish line with them. Shortly before the C2C relay, one of the team members suggested we get together on a Sunday morning and run together. We had a good-sized group, including some people from our Team RWB chapter that weren't participating in the relay but just wanted to run. I got the idea that this could be a fun event to do more often, so I started a Facebook page for a Sunday morning group run and started scheduling weekly events. I laid out a 10K course, on the, and on the first few weekends, I went in early in the morning and marked the sidewalk with chalk at the 1 mile, 1.55 mile, 2 mile, and 3.1 mile marks so that people could run 2 miles, a 5K, 4 miles, or even do a 10K. I also set up a cooler with bottled water at the 3.1 mile mark so folks could stop and get a drink. The first few times we tried this, some, or the first time we tried this, someone stole the cooler from the side of the road, so I used a bike lock now to secure the cooler to a telephone pole. I also set up a cooler with, a bottle, with bottled water at the start and finish line, and, a bike lock, and I bike locked that to a picnic table as well. For the first two weekends, a friend that attended brought a big box of coffee from Starbucks, and after the run, everyone just hung out a little bit and socialized. I've taken over the coffee duty since then, and on weekends when I'm traveling or racing, a friend of mine will take over and provide the water and coffees for the group so they can continue on even when I can't attend. It's grown into a very fun community that adds new people almost every week. This has been a lot of fun and very rewarding for me. I really wanted to create something that people could enjoy doing together while meeting some new friends and working a little on their fitness. It's, always allowed me to, it's also allowed me to share my passion and joy for running. With this journey of weight loss and fitness, I feel like I've been given such a great gift to share with people around me, and this group enables me to do something positive with that gift. At these events, we have runners of all different abilities, people that will run far beyond the 10K course I've set up, and people that will walk a little as they go just to get to the one mile mark and back. Everyone there is a positive, everyone there is positive, and they share the joy of getting out there and celebrating everyone's accomplishments and success. I post motivational pictures and quotes to the Facebook group and inside the group uh, event pages that I've created. And the one that I love the most is a quote from Bart Yasso. I often hear someone say I'm not a real runner. We are all runners. Some just run faster than others. I never met a fake runner. This is the basis for the community that I wanted to create with this running group, and I love that the people that attend feel this way. This was another lesson that I learned this year. Pursue your passion. Believe you can accomplish something. Give your heart to it. This running, has been, this running group has been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, as it has become a community of people that support each other. Now, after the Coast to Coast Relay, I did a few local 5Ks and traveled to do a, a pair of half marathons. I went to Houston for a weekend and ran the, the Houston Half Marathon. I ran a personal record for that half by finishing, in, in, by finishing it in one hour and 36 minutes. 
I also traveled to Philadelphia for another convention and finished the Philadelphia half marathon in one minute, one hour, 41 minutes, which is my second fastest half marathon so far. These two half marathons got me thinking about the San Antonio rock and roll marathon, which was coming up in December. It would be my second full marathon, and I wanted so badly to, to greatly improve on my performance from the year before. Last year, I predicted that I would, uh, I would finish the race in six hours, and I finished it in five hours and 28 minutes. I remember immediately after the race, I decided I would never do another full-length marathon ever again. It was one of the most miserable experiences of my life. And then a week later, I signed up to do it again. This time I predicted a time of four hours and 30 minutes, but following the times I put in at Houston and Philadelphia, I decided I needed a higher goal. I decided I was gonna shoot for four hours. That's nearly 90 minutes faster than my time from last year, and an average pace that's more than three minutes per mile faster. I thought that maybe I wasn't setting my goal high enough with a 4.30, especially after posting such a great pair of half marathons leading up to that race. This is another chance for a life lesson. I decided that I would rather push myself as hard as I could and maybe fail to break the four hour mark than to break four hours and 30 minutes and wonder if I could have done better. For the San Antonio Rock and Roll Marathon, I also decided to do the Remix Challenge and run the 10K on the day before the, the marathon. Originally, I planned to take it easy on the 10K and use it as a warm up run, run for the real race on Saturday. Then I found out I was in Corral 1 and among the fastest runners on the 5 and 10K courses. So I ran the race as a race and finished in the top 20 with a first place finish in my age category. I had no idea what that performance meant for my ability to achieve my goal on the next day, but I was glad I followed my competitive instincts. The race weekend was also my birthday weekend. I turned 47 on Saturday, December 2nd, and a big group of my friends were also running the, the half or the full marathons on Sunday, so they came down on Saturday night and we celebrated my birthday at a local restaurant. Some of these friends were members of the TIR and C2C relay teams, and it was just another chance to enjoy a special time with friends who, who have become family. On Sunday, I was up early and full of anxious energy to get the race started. A bunch of my friends shared my hotel room, and we got ready and left for the starting line together. We met up with the rest of our group and got some pre-race pictures in. I then moved up to my corral and waited to start the race that would become the race of the year for me. The conditions were ideal, cool, almost cold, but no rain and little wind. In 2016, it was cold, it poured, and the wind was vicious. Overall, 2016 was miserable, as I, was as miserable of us as I've ever been, but 2017 was a major improvement. I started the race out a little fast and tried to keep uh, my pace under control. I wanted to bank as much time as I could knowing that there was a good chance I'd slow down in the last quarter of the race. I felt great through the halfway point and continued to run at a pace that, that would crush my goal. Right around mile 20 though, well, they don't call it a wall for nothing. I slowed down quite a bit during the last 10K of the race. So slow that at the 23 mile marker, I was worried that I wouldn't break four hours. I had to average a 10 minute mile for the rest of the, for the last 5K in order to get it. I dug down deep inside myself and continually repeated the phrase that has become my mantra while running. I don't have to be fast. I just have to be strong. As I approached the finish line, I glanced at my watch and knew that it was going to be a close thing. I sped up as much as I could and finished the race with a time of three hours, 59 minutes and 55 seconds. Five seconds of spare. Five seconds. I was overwhelmed at the finish. I had worked so hard leading up to the race and dealt with the worry that I had set a goal too high, but I had achieved it. Now, to be clear, my performance was nothing special in the grand scheme of the world. I'd need to shave another 35 minutes off that time to qualify for Boston, and people that run the Olympics can run nearly twice as fast as the pace that I set. But for me, 
This is one of the biggest accomplishments of not just my, my year, but of my entire life. With that performance, I learned that I could set a goal that was scary and still achieve it. I learned to trust in my training, my hard work, and my heart. San Antonio was originally the last race of the year that I planned to run. But once the race, racing bug bites you, well, it's hard to get away. The following weekend, I ran two 5Ks in one day and turned in uh, two sub-23 minute times. Then, less than 10 days after San Antonio, I decided to run another marathon before the end of the year. I set my sights on the Why Not Marathon in Dallas. It's part of the Texas Double, two marathons in two days. But because I had decided to do it on such short notice, I decided not to attempt the double. I can ask someone to take over my Sunday morning running group, but I like to give them more than two weeks notice ahead of time. So I decided to just run the one race and then come home and do the Sunday morning run group the day after. Now the White Not uh, Marathon was 13 days after San Antonio. And other than the two 5Ks and the Sunday morning running group in between, I hadn't run any miles in those two weeks. It's crazy how quickly you can lose your conditioning with the lack of training. I felt a big difference on the second marathon and ended up exhausted at mile 25. In San Antonio, I carried plenty of race fuel in the, in the form of gels and chews, and I drank water or Gatorade at every water point along the course. In Dallas, I carried less fuel with me and skipped water points early in the course. Just another reminder that you have to fuel yourself properly in order to perform. Now, I finished that race in 4 hours and 28 minutes, and I'm very happy with that time. I was still an hour faster than my first marathon, and I believe that every race doesn't have to be a PR just to be a success. In May, when I ran the three half marathons in three days, I joined the Half Fanatics, an international running group that celebrates people running half marathons. Every half marathon I have run, I've seen members of that club, and it's like having instant friends that you've never met before at every race. With the completion of two marathons in 13 days, I met the minimal requirements to join the Marathon Maniacs, a similar group for marathons, and the Double Agents, a group for members of both clubs. Those are just a few more goals I can check off while thinking that, I, that just two years ago I would have thought were impossible to ever achieve. My last big challenge of 2017 will actually carry over into 2018. I joined a virtual running challenge to do 175 miles in 100 days. The challenge started on December 9th, so I lost nearly 40 miles between the 1st and the 8th of December, but I've got more than 100 miles of races alone planned during that time frame, so it won't be a problem to achieve it. All in all, 2017 was a great year. I worked so hard to achieve the goals that I, I set for myself, and I'm so blessed to be in a position to enjoy all the success that 2017 brought my way. I made so many great friends and grew the friendships that I already had. I sometimes feel like it may sound like a broken record, but I truly can't say thank you enough to all the people that have been there with me along the way. You've all supported me unconditionally and helped me achieve everything I've succeeded uh, at, it, at this year. I worked hard to get to where I am, but I never could have gotten this far without your support and encouragement. I know I say this every episode, but it's just as true today, if not more so, as it was two years ago when I began this journey. With such a great 2017 behind me, I'm ready for a 2018 to be, good, be another good one. For me, 2018 will be the year of the Ultra. I've set four major races on my calendar. In February, I'll run the Cowtown Ultra, a 50K race in Dallas. In April, I'll run a 50-miler. I'll move up to a 100-kilometer race in August in Texas in the heat, and I'll finish 2018 by running a 100-mile race in December. Very scary goals for me right now, but as I learned this year, my goals have to scare me or else they aren't big enough. I will train hard and trust in my heart as I take each step. I don't have to be fast. I just have to be strong. 
Finally, I'd like to finish up the show with some thank yous. As always, I'd like to thank everyone at the Carl R. Darnell Army Medical Center. Much of my success started there. I continue to attend weight loss support group meetings when I can. I try to get to at least one per month. It's important to me to be around folks that have had experiences so similar to mine and to be an example for people that are just beginning their journey. Thank you to the Fort Hood Losers Bench Facebook page. There's a lot of support there too, ranging from questions and answers to exercise meetups. Search for the group on Facebook and request to join to learn more. Finally, I'd like to say thank you to everyone for joining me on this journey. Thank you for your support. If you have any questions or comments for the show, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bariatric podcast or email us at bariatricpodcast at gmail.com. In future episodes, we'll do our best to answer your questions and cover your concerns. Thank you for listening.